It's mainly sunny and minus six in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau departed for Europe this morning to meet with allies about the intensifying situation in Ukraine. Trudeau has meetings set for Monday in London with the Prime Ministers of Britain and the Netherlands. And in the days to come, Trudeau is to meet with other leaders in Riga, Berlin and Warsaw. He's also due to meet with the Secretary General of NATO and with Canadian Armed Forces members during his trip. Meanwhile, plans to evacuate civilians from a Ukrainian port city collapsed for the second time this morning. Residents expected to leave Mariupol during the 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. local ceasefire, but Interior Ministry Advisor Anton uh, Jeroshenko said later, later said the planned evacuations were halted because of an ongoing assault by Russian troops. A local man is fighting in Ukraine, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I am flying over in the southwest, looking at Glenmore Trail, approaching 14th Street. And it is going to be a commute commute for you this morning if you're headed from Glenmore to Deerfoot. That's only going to be a five-minute drive. A message from the Canadian Blood Services. Patients need people across Canada to show up and give. Lives depend on it. 34,000 appointments to fill this month. Visit blood.ca. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, Sa'arate. A man originally from Ukraine who had been working for years in Wainwright, but who was in Ukraine when Russia invaded, has decided to stay. Boris Novoseltsev says his wife got out safely, but he stayed to join the local militia in his home city in southeastern Ukraine. We just walk around the neighborhood and we let people know that we are here. Somebody is Somebody's here, somebody's doing something, and it's calmed people down, and they feel that they are protected. Novoseltsev says it's the least he can do for his home country. He says when it comes to getting medication and medical supplies in the city, the pharmacies are empty. Proceeds from the 50-50 raffle at tomorrow night's hockey game between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames will go to people suffering in Ukraine. The Ukrainian-Canadian Congress Alberta Provincial Council says it's part of an Alberta Stands with Ukraine week following Russia's invasion of the country. The raffle proceeds from tomorrow's game in Calgary will be pledged towards selected charities supporting relief efforts for the people of Ukraine. A vigil is planned for this afternoon near the Siksika Nation for a young mother who died under suspicious circumstances. Family members identified her as 34-year-old Marty Scalplock, RCMP say last Sunday, officers responded to reports of an unresponsive woman at a home on the Siksika Nation. When investigators arrived, they found the woman dead. RCMP Major Crimes Unit is investigating. A Siksika Nation counselor says a vigil will be held at 2 this afternoon in the hamlet of Clooney. A coordinator with the environmental nonprofit says she's concerned the longer it takes to clean up debris from a cargo ship, that cost lost its containers last fall, the more material will degrade and spread along the BC coast. Rob Westgate has more. Alice Hoyland of the Surf Rider Foundation's Pacific Rim chapter in Tofino says urinal mats, coolers, and other cargo continue to wash up on the western shore of Vancouver Island. Now, the containers were swept off the MV Zim Kingston during a storm in late October. Four containers washed ashore in November, but the Canadian Coast Guard says 105 containers remain missing. Rob Westgate, the Canadian Press. In sports, Johnny Goudreau scored 37 seconds into overtime to lead the Calgary Flames past the league-leading Colorado Avalanche 4-3 last night. 
Calgary has now won three of its last four games. Sun and cloud and zero today. Increasing cloudiness overnight, dropping to minus three. Flurries and two degrees tomorrow. It's minus six at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. We are March the 6th, a couple weeks away from the first day of spring. Amazing. I don't know where the time is going. It's absolutely crazy how fast and uh, and uh, how fast it goes. It's, uh, it's crazy. Anyways, lots of stuff going on now. Spring is, is almost sprung and we have lots of things down at the garden center. And I got Jen. She's joining us first thing here this morning. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Jen. Hi, Merle. How are you? Good, you? Really good, thanks. Yeah, and just a reminder, Jen's the manager down in the in the greenhouse. She keeps all the plants, everything going good down there, and keeps all the smiling faces. And it's (laughs) nice, uh, nice to see yesterday. eh? So many people out, just enjoying the sun coming through. It's a little cool outside, but. it was just nice when that sun comes through when you're in the greenhouse. Man, it feels good. Doesn't it? Yeah, people were whipping out their sunglasses inside the greenhouse. It was awesome. <laughs> with, with a lot of dogs in there yesterday. Didn't we? Yeah. Holy. Yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, I know. We're a dog-friendly place, and, and it's good. And it's uh, as long as you can keep control of them and things like that, that's uh, that's the biggest part. Yes, if you have course. If you have a crazy dog, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not so much, but most of the dogs that come visit us, I love the little Chihuahua. What's, oh, what's his tiny. name? Tiny, yeah. He's just yeah. so he's so timid. And, so sweet. And it's always and so uh, small. Yeah, it's it's a it's a contest to see who he'll let. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> were the anybody. first one. You were the first one that got to pet Tiny. <laughs> we'll have the way with the uh, Chihuahua, see? <laughs> yeah, is that it? All right, we're gonna test this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, what else going on down there? You got uh, some new plants things. in, or yeah, we going do. On? We do have new plants, and it's actually really nice to see. The one thing that I think is really—I don't know if you noticed it, Merle—but um, we got those ravens easies in, and they're in the new growth is green, and of course they're the dark. It's a really good price. It comes with the pot, and it's a, it's a six-inch plant, and um, so we've got those in and they're, they're yeah, those used out. to be in the hundred dollar range and now oh, we're selling nuts. them for $40. So they've, uh, definitely come beautiful. down. Yeah. yeah. No, they're really nice. That's, well, that's a nice thing. Like when some of these rare plants and, and that's a business thing where we decide we're not going to chase them when they first come out. We did that in the past and it becomes chaos. Right. Um, <laughs> it does. Well, and, and and then people stealing them, and like we had all right. kinds of stuff. It was weird. Like it's it brings out the worst in people sometimes when you get that. <clears throat> so we're gonna wait to the second phase when they come out, and we'll have a good supply. We can sell them at a proper price. Yeah, um, great idea. They're not uh, people don't have to shove them in their coats or walk out the, yeah. and steal them no. and things like that. It, it's no fun for anybody like that. So yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's so, not good juju. But, yeah, so we, we do have those in. Um, Jess brought in some uh, ficus umbulata, which is a different ficus to me. I've not had it. It's a nice large leaf. It's a softer leaf than your uh, the fiddly fig or the rubber plant. So those are in. There's lots of new stuff, actually. Some fresh peace lilies are in. Um, the oxalis, of course, the classic St. Patrick's Day. Um, yeah, 
And we got plants. the purple and the green, right? Purple and the green, yep. And some four-inch sizes, two-inch sizes, and six-inch sizes. So those are super cute. People are people are loving those as little gifts as well. We have those Easter cactus still. I saw um, I planted up two of them for a customer. She was giving them away as gifts, and they look so cute in these little. Those are pots. nice, and, yeah. and if you are looking for a little bit of a different flowering cactus, and I'm going to grab a couple because. <clears throat> You don't. We don't get this variety very often. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. They almost. Fast, Merle. <laughs> yeah, they're not like. How would you describe the bloom? Like the other ones are sort of mm. like a, like a, a sort hmm. of longer cylinder. These ones almost come out like a daisy, a mix between a daisy and a Christmas cactus. Yeah, because they almost have. I think they're a simpler bloom, you know, but they're really yeah. pretty in their simplicity. So I, that's what I like about those two, kind of fresh and simple. Um, and colorful. And you just don't see them all the time. So that's what I like about them too. Like they're just a little bit, they're not the standard um, Christmas cactus or, or, or mm-hmm. per se the, the, the American Thanksgiving cactus that no, uh, we typically get in. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's good to know when we did um, a couple of the team, we went uh, cruising around Vancouver a couple of weeks ago and it was, um, it was interesting. A lot of the Canadian greenhouses are really trying to do their own growing now. So some of our suppliers huh. are growing a lot of their own tropicals. Um, so which is kind of nice. So they bring the cuttings in from Costa Rica or South America, wherever it's somewhere down there, wherever they can get them from, and and they're growing them on themselves. So That's it's awesome. going to save a lot on the freight and a lot mm-hmm. of thing and a lot more of a steady supply. So it was really it was really interesting to see like quite a few of the suppliers are are growing them here in Canada and so which is it's it's nice, right? Oh, and I'll uh, take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it keeps more the plants, cost down. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, right, that too. Yeah. Bring well, bring the plants. Yeah. I don't even yeah. want to talk about what's gonna happen next week with C P Rail okay. going on strike. Yeah. Yeah, let's no. not talk about that. It's okay. Yeah, it's that's. Funny we'll and... leave that to the to the to the guys during the, the week. They can talk about all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, got, we have plants. We have plants. Oh, and just and so people know too. I was explaining it to some people. Two things. Uh, first thing is is we still have a sale going on for all cactus and all succulents. It's twenty five percent off. So just know that Ooh. when people come into the old uh, greenhouse over to the left, we've tried to create a, an area where you know where the new inventory is in. So it's the fresh product, and it'll say new and notable which is awesome i think that was jess's get it notable and you guys are doing a little bit of the luck of the irish contest i hear a little st patrick's day contest little excuse me it's not a contest at all it's a giveaway um so lisa will be posting about that yeah six inch pots of oxalis it's in a green pot it's the purple oxalis and a 50 dollar gift card um, just to spruce it up. It's one winner only. Um, so she'll have the details on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Go check it out and you'll see what to do and yeah, enter to win. That's awesome. Always lots so of fun awesome. stuff going yeah. on. Um, and I got a, a question here, Jen. It just says, uh, good morning, Merle. Some weeks ago, I called about my lemon purchase in September at Spruce It Up. The, billi- the billions, are- oh, I'm not sure what that means. The billions were drying and falling off. Now mm. the leaves are falling. Any thoughts on what I can do to save it? I'm careful not to get it too wet, and it is in the south window. Um, and this is from Marguerite. I'm mm. looking at this thing, and they do shed. So that's a normal yeah. thing. Um, 
And at this time of year, they they can if they haven't shed, they might shed a little bit. I would transplant it. You still have it in the original pot, Marguerite. And so put get a nice tall cylinder pot, similar to what that is. But go, that's in a two gallon pot. So I'd probably go to a a ten or a twelve inch pot. Uh, go taller rather than wide. They like it more of a cylinder style of pot. Good and, tip. And just ensure that they don't get too dry. Um, I know you say you're not trying to get it too wet, but just be careful that you do when you do water. Water them thoroughly all the way through, because the lemons are, um, they're ones that I find if they get too dry, they don't tell you, and then they just start dropping their leaves. So <laughs> if you know it's not too wet, um, dryness is is probably more my concern, especially if you have it in a bright south window, um, and the leaves are going. So you're ready to start feeding as well, Marguerite. Thirty ten ten on that, and. Uh, and you should be fine. And uh, and we're getting close. A couple more months and you'll be able to maybe even put that outside for the summertime. And you'll Crazy. see a big, big difference in that. And uh, how they'll perform if they do get that outdoor. Um, if you can get June, July, August outside. Mm-hmm. They'll go through a couple of blooming sessions. They'll get the pollination from the bees. And which will give you. All your nice lemons and that over over the summertime, over, time. And into the winter. So, Merle, what do you for for temperature? What is your minimum when you put them outside for the spring slash summer? Well, summer, uh, I guess. After frost, like they can handle like down in Florida and different places, like it gets cool, so mm-hmm. they can go down to like five degrees. So okay. I don't like I wait past. I get into June, like the first week in June is right. typically that last two weeks in May. Like we say, it's okay to plant. Um, your annuals and things like that. But as we all know, we've had snow, we've had whatever. But typically when we get into the first week in June, we're fairly safe. So uh, that's typically when I move mine outside and then bring it in the first week in September. And uh, like mine has never, like I I get, you know, in your phone, you get the flashbacks of that says uh, pictures (laughs) from five years ago or something. Yeah. 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 So I had one at this time of year where my lemon tree two years ago like had 15 lemons on it. And right oh, now I just oh. has leaves because I did let it dry out. Right. And, it, and it lost all its leaves. Like I had sticks. And now right. it is fully leafed out again. Nice bright green leaves. Waiting for it to start blooming. I know it doesn't bloom too much yet because I want to wait till hopefully I can wait till I get it outside. So that way I can get that pollination happening. And, and they say they don't need cross-pollination on some of them. But That's right. I, I just find it, it makes a big difference when you do get it. Like it, when you get the natural, like when the bees come in there and do their thing, I think it makes mm-hmm. a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, I saw that too, right? I've been looking as well with that. It's, they're designed to be self-pollinating. So it is an interesting thing. And uh, and we still got we got all our spring bulbs in or a good majority of them. Yeah, we yeah mostly begonia still. We're still waiting on some of the rest of them, but they're coming. Um, yeah, people have been waiting, waiting for those. So <laughs> I know yeah, it's, no, such a, it's such a hard I, time. So Car- Carolyn and I did our mushroom kit this morning. Did you? We, uh, yeah, okay. we did the blue oyster. Ooh, so those yeah. have been going too out the door. Um, people are coming in looking for those. It's such a cool thing. I'm excited to hear about how it goes for everyone. 
Yeah, no, it's kind of neat, and it's all self-contained, so it's kind of nice, and it was actually mm-hmm. really easy. Like the okay, like I even followed the directions, and usually I'm a guy that just opened it up, but they made <laughs> they made it really nice and easy. It gives you these little plastic things, so you create like a little greenhouse. You tape them on, and you lift up. You cut on the black axe. Like they they have it pretty, 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 pretty set up for right? anybody to be able to handle it. Well, if you and can slice do it, it open. Yeah. Hey, so where did you guys put it? Where did you put the box for? I, I have it where sitting it on you? our center island. It says a, it says it needs a, a brighter spot. Okay. So okay. I, I just in the center of our island, our our kitchen area is fairly bright. We have some good windows, so I we just put it in the center island, so that way we can all watch it. Yeah. Um, grow and do its thing, where it's kind of neat, where you can, um, things like that. You wanna, you wanna pay attention and see it do its thing. Oh, for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, that's the beauty of it. Absolutely. Got another yeah. quick text here. It says, good morning. Is it too early to start my labelia? Um, mm. I would wait a little bit. I would wait until um, <laughs> labelia. You have to wait till the end. I would wait till at least mid to end of March. Um, you just don't want to get it too stretchy. It actually grows fairly quickly. So I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get too too excited on it and uh so i would i would definitely do that people are your um, thoughts what about oh i agree with that i think it's so exciting to get going and you're right in terms of the legginess and then people get disappointed um and it's you know it's something to kind of just play with a little bit maybe start even a few and see the difference you know start a few now if you wanted to and then start the rest of it a little closer to the warmer weather just to see so i'm doing a and I'm doing a couple of different blends in our hangers this year. You'll see I'm Ooh. adding in some of the sh- – I'm going to add some Boston ferns and some stuff. So I was chatting with our grower. And nice. so we're customizing a bunch of those moss hangers. We'll have like pure white flowers with Boston ferns, pink, pink and white with Boston ferns. I think oh, it'll just create a really nice classy look in the in some of the shadier spots too and, and – mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the Boston Fern will be able to handle our full sun. <clears throat> but Right. Yeah. Well, a shade garden. I mean, and a lot of people have shade spaces too, right? Well, our shade hangers were nice last year. We had some great ones. So We've had some good luck with our shade hangers, yes. Yeah. yeah and, I'll take that uh, all day. And here, we got another text here, Jen. It says, hi, Merle. Every year I give my plants a spa day to replenish mm. their soil, leach them, they love it. Since last year, I've noticed a large number of um, noise flies in particular. So those must be those little <laughs> fungus gnats. Sounds they seem like to it. be more prevalent when the sun is warm on the windows, and they're coming from the soil. Mm-hmm. It's been quite annoying. I'm wondering if the appearance is due to the organic I've been using. There are quite a few plants in the right. And that, that's true. When, they, when you have them a little bit too wet, though, too, you, so you might be just a little bit moist. And then also, um, when the sun does come out, it's very similar to the mushrooms. Like they kind of like they get activated. Like as soon as you add water, that activates the, the spores. <laughs> so it's very similar to the to the fungus gnats. Yeah, like they create that thing. They're sitting there, their eggs, and then when the sun comes out, warms up, and all of a sudden you get the flies come out like crazy. Yeah. So annoying um, is right. So. Um, what you can do is we have the. Do you want to explain the the mosquito dunk tea, Jen? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, we have um, the mosquito dunks. It's just a small puck, basically, in a plastic bag. It's a bacteria, so it's not harmful at all. You throw it in your watering can. I didn't even break mine up. I just left it there and let it sit overnight or for 24 hours steeping. Use that water to water your plants going forward. So always keep it steeping. So you always have a supply of water that's had the mosquito dunk in it. And my puck lasted for me for three months, and I have not had to use a second one. Okay. I love it. So yeah. do you, would you typically water first with regular water and then water a little bit on top with that mosquito dunk water? or uh, Perhaps, Merle, but I definitely don't, and I haven't. Um, I haven't okay. had any issues at all with it. Um, I don't treat it like a fertilizer. Um, I just, just thinking how it's used in the mosquito pond, or excuse me, the mosquito ponds, in the ponds in the summer. <laughs> we don't want mosquito yeah. ponds, but... Yeah, so yeah. I just I just go nuts with it. I I simply use it to water, and that's it. That's all I do. It's just an addition. Perfect. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to join Jen and I, we're going to hang out for a bit. Um, if you want to call us, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. That is the talk and text line. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Sometimes we forget we're a garden center, eh, Jen? Because we got <laughs> all this beautiful, sometimes we get all this decor, and sometimes we get off track a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but, I, I don't mind. I don't know. <clears throat> it seems to all go together, you know? Absolutely. Uh, no, yeah. and it's hard because when, when we do go to those the buying shows, Mm. And you got eight million square feet of it's sort of where all the retailers go from North America. So wow. you have every cat you have every category. So you can get you can get sidetracked once in a while. <laughs> yeah, no, actually I see what you mean. Yeah, you're right. I I can yeah. Sure, We're lucky. Me. We do have some really cool stuff and some really unique pots in right now and and i always tell people too and i know you do the same if you see something you like it's best to grab it we don't have a warehouse sitting somewhere where we just order some more and replenish the inventory um which i think is actually a really cool thing about our store as well because yeah, you know we keep you it have fresh cool right yeah. yeah and yeah. it's not just repetitive you're going to see the same pot over and over and over and over um unless it's terracotta and stuff like that we'll have well, that over and yeah. over but Love but that. right now we're gonna we're gonna pull up Ryan. He's on the phone line. We're gonna see what awesome. Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. How can we help you? Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Good. You? Good. Um, so I have a question. So when the pandemic started was a decade ago. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah, I know it feels um, like. You it. guys <laughs> dropped off um, some monster plants. Um, right now they're about fourteen inches or sixteen inches. And I plant them in um, uh, a fourteen-inch plant. I just kind of moved them over. I'm not yep. too sure how much – all the plants are really droopy. Um, I'm not sure how much to water them in such a big pot. Um, I also have a bamboo stick in the middle, and I'm not sure if I can just shove some water in there. And, again, I'm just not sure how much water. Um, so how big is the plant itself? Uh, it's, about, yeah, it's about 16 inches. Okay, so 15 inches high. And how, yeah. like how many leaves would you say are on it? Uh, lots. Okay, so it's nice and full. Awesome. It fills the pot, yeah. It's nice and bulky, and okay. I have some height in it, but yeah. Just it's just really looking droopy. a little bit droopy right now? Yeah. Um, 
if you pick up, like if you stick your hand down in the pot, I, this sort of when you water, do you water all the way through the pot, like let it dry out and then like water so it comes out the bottom, or just fill the tray? Yeah, water. Just... Like I'll get a watering pot and I'll just water it till like the water starts to pool a bit. Um, okay. So I never see water come out of the bottom. Um, but yeah, I just hmm. kind of wait for it to pool. Okay. If, if are you able to like carry the the pot into a, like a sink or something where you can water it so it does come out the bottom? Uh, yes. Do I want to do that? Yes. If you can do okay. that every so often, if you can do that sort of quarterly, like every three months or something, okay. it, it makes a big difference because then that way, because if you just water a little bit on top, like only part of the root system is getting used. And then all the other roots down below really never get water, and then they start drying out, and they just kind of die off. So you're not oh, okay. getting the full use of your of all your roots in the pot. Okay. So you want um, to do that thorough water? I have zero zero six. Is that reasonable, or should I use something different? Yeah, that's the Rage Plus, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Rage Plus is fine for that, and and then just make sure it's getting lots of light. And okay. I would just ensure yeah, that you give it that. Room, not direct sunlight or anything. Um, okay, as long as it's lots of bright. I would just give it that that thorough flushing, like I said, twice a year or every every three months, um, just to to get the roots through, clean out the root system a little bit, and then just get the, give those roots down below a little bit of water. And th when you do okay. it that time, fertilize after that. And because uh, okay. then that way your your soil is nice and moist, you'll fertilize, and then you're not wasting your fertilizer. Okay, so you do both of them at the same time. Yeah, water first and then fertilize. Okay, one more question for you, real quick. Um, so I have Actually, a I think I'm just gonna put like you on hold, Ryan. We got to take a quick break. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, this this hang on, we'll put you on hold, and we'll get right back to you. Um, and we got to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mainly sunny and minus 5 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. A Ukrainian official says a second attempt to evacuate civilians from a southern city under siege for the past week has failed due to continued Russian shelling. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has departed for a week-long trip to Europe to discuss Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In the days to come, Trudeau is to meet with other leaders in Latvia, Germany and Poland. And here in Calgary, people are gathering at 4 o'clock today at City Hall to show their support for Ukraine and call for an end to the war in the country. Sun and cloud and zero today. Increasing cloudiness overnight, dropping to a low of minus 3. Flurries and 2 degrees tomorrow. It's minus 5. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Jen Lemire. She's the manager down at Spruce It Up in the tropical section in Hi, the Merle. greenhouse. And Jen, and we do have Ryan with us still, I think. Welcome back, Ryan. You had one more question <laughs> for us? Uh, just one more for you. So I have a bamboo stick in all the plants. I'm just wondering if I would shoot water down, down that way instead of, like, pouring it on. Um, you're saying because it has a it has a hole in the center. Yeah. Oh, so it's a bigger one. 
Yeah, it wouldn't uh, hurt. It does. It doesn't hurt to. You, you could definitely do that. There's some different watering um, apparatuses that uh, are very similar to that. Even if okay. you if you wanted to, Ryan, pull that out of the soil, and then uh-huh. just drill a bunch of holes in it along the sides of it, the stuff that's underneath mm. the soil. So then, when you do pour it in, it can work like a weeping tile, and it, it'll oh, okay. spread the water out that way. Okay. So people have done that with pipe. Like if you get a smaller PVC pipe, you can drill a okay. bunch of holes yeah, in it. Yeah, this is just a bamboo stick, and it has like it's it's hollow, yeah. so you can put. Yeah, um, but even if just pull the part that's underneath the soil, just run, and if you could just drill a few holes in it, and then when you do pour it in, it'll 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 be able to in the stick uh, itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just drill holes okay. right through it. Everything that like uh, for the eight or ten inches, whatever, under the soil, and then okay. when you water, the water will get dispersed out the holes as well, not just all the way down to the bottom. Cool. Okay. Smart. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, guys. I just Good made that up, weekend. so it's all good. Yeah, Bye. thanks, Ryan. Bye-bye. Thanks. Yeah. And those are those are things that um, I know we've had when, if you have certain plants that need more water or in big planters or, or different things, or if you have harder soil, trying to get water down into the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done things like that in, in certain gardens or, or if you just have a huge area where you have certain plants that, okay, this one needs a bit more, and without having to water the whole bed, you just put those um, watering pipes down in those around those certain plants, and Love then it, it just keeps that water in those areas. Um, hmm. So that um, works quite nicely, actually. And it is important when you are when you're watering. Um, and like Ryan was saying, he does that uh, um, a little bit on top of the pool. But again, it's just important every so often if you can get water down deep. Um, into the root system just so the whole root system gets some water so absolutely yeah that's important and it evaporates faster too when you just kind of cover the top no absolutely mm-hmm. and um where are we at for time right now we're actually we're okay for just a bit if you'd like to join us phone lines are wide open 403 <laughs> i almost read out one of the texters phone numbers because it's right in front of me so <laughs> <laughs> I get a bunch of phone calls. <laughs> what do I do with my sunflower? Ooh, I got a, I got a, actually, I got a bad, nasty looking thing here. Hi, I bought a fuchsia in the past, in the fall. It it was doing all right, but it seems to be covered with this insect. Can you tell me hmm. what it is? It has all these little white dots. It looks like you had a very, it was just inundated with aphids, and it's all the remnants of the aphids. Like they leave their their skin in that when they die off. Um, this oh, one looks pretty rough shape. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you could try to. I would just pull off all those really badly affected leaves and give give it a couple sprays with the pure spray green, like every five days for three or four cycles. And I would also do a soil drench. Um, on this, but just pull all those bad leaves and just cut them back to the new nodes, and then it'll it'll rebranch out. You could just cut the fuchsia right back almost, and uh, and then let it go again because you're fully inundated with uh, with bugs on this thing. So it's just too bad. when it gets that bad, mm-hmm. yeah. There's just there's way too much in there to be able to uh, to deal with that. So mm. yeah. Anyways, it's nasty when you get the, 
Yeah, but there, again, when you, if you bring them from outside, if, if she bought it in the fall, it was probably in the garden center. Um, yeah. Typically, when you bring those plants in in the fall, um, you really have to ensure that you spray them with pure spray green or some sort of uh, a pesticide of some sort. Make sure they're nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. When you bring them into the house, they just like, ooh, this is yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to freeze Ooh. outside. I get to. I get, I get to, come to come inside in with my and, bugs. Yeah. yeah, and invade all your, invade all your other ones. Well, and people have, uh, you know, they have they a place to separate the plants. Um, I don't know how many people do. I don't. I'm not lazy about it. But people actually put them in isolation to make sure they're free and clear before they integrate them with yeah. the rest of their team. Yeah. Yeah, quarantine just like COVID. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sit there. Yeah. I've yeah. been there twice, so it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know. I'm the COVID king, I guess. Yeah. Um, we don't spray you. Mar- spray them, Ro. No, no. No. I just did uh, vitamin D and a margarita in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sunshine and margaritas. Yeah. Um, like cures that. all. Yeah. All right. Hi, Merle. Sorry if I misspelled your name. You did spell it wrong, but I won't hold that against you. It's totally fine. <laughs> Mine is a weird spell. Mine is M E R Y L, which is, and it's kind of weird. And it was, it's a spell the same as Meryl Streep. And my birthday's the same as Meryl Streep, but she wasn't oh. famous before I was born because I'm going to be 55 this year. Huh. So I'm not too sure. It's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah interesting. I wonder if yeah. she knows who you are, Meryl. I don't know. We'll Probably should call her. That. Yeah. Yeah. Send, send her a note. Hi. <laughs> My birthday is the same as yours. It's about the same, but I'm a but I'm a male in Calgary. So, anyways, <laughs> we don't need to talk about this. this okay, you're right. Let's move on. All right. Hi, Merle. Sorry if I misspelled your name. I'm sorry. I'll carry on from there. When should I put down the fertilizer for my fruit trees, and what kind will give mm. them a good jump on growth? Also, I bought a few apples from you guys last year that turned into bushes. Do I pick the best part of the tree and prune the rest? If so, should when should I prune? Um, if they turned into bush, depends if they died right back down to the ground. If they did that, all the apple trees are grafted onto a hardy rootstock. If they died right back to the ground and came up from the bottom, um, they're, they're not going to be any good. That's just a mm. um, that's a hardy crab apple of some sort, and they're usually not a great producer. They're they're grafted on, so a good apple is grafted onto a hardy crab apple rootstock. So that way, the apple tree is able to grow because um, the roots aren't going to die off. Because most of the time, the right. a, a true apple tree aren't hardy enough to survive here in Alberta, so they're grafted onto. That's um, the trick. Didn't know that, Merle. Yeah, hmm. they're all grafted onto. So when people try to grow an apple tree from seed, um. You can get it growing and all that, but typically it won't survive the winter, right? Um, because they're just the, it doesn't have the hardy rootstock on it. So a lot of the fruit, like I said, is has been grafted onto um, a hardy rootstock, and they do that. It's amazing. Um, they do that with tomatoes and that, like a lot of the greenhouse out hmm. in BC, like the the mass growers. They they find a really good producing uh, tomato up top, and then they graft it onto a better rootstock. And it's just amazing. They got this little tiny sleeve, and they do it when they're about two inches. And it's just—it's amazing. Like they just have, and they have this little plastic 
cast like so when they put them together they put this little sleeve over holds it together and they graph these things together that's it, cool it, it is cool yeah. it's pretty neat when you can see some of that stuff but yeah. that's been done for a lot of our tomatoes and the stuff that they're growing and, huh. and i guess it's playing with the genetics a little bit but for us to be able to grow apples and some of the cherry and certain right. things in in our area we do need um this kind of technology and and that way we're able to grow some of those great apples um in our climate so um mm. so that's all i would say to you if if they have been growing right down to the bottom i would say they're just going to be bushes and they're really never going to be um anything if you want um, you can maybe send me in a couple pictures. I might be able to answer it a little bit better um, from this. And typically, you would fertilize early spring, like when they first start budding out. Um, water everything really well for everybody else with their apple trees. Early spring. So when we see spring and this, all the buds are starting to swell, just starting to uh, give them all a really good slow, deep watering at that point. And then fertilize, start your fertilizer program like right at that point. And like a 15, 30, 15 is great. And if you do that sort of every couple of weeks throughout the summer until July, um, you should have some great apples and, and it'll also build up the phosphate. So when they set their buds for the following year, you'll be good to go from there. Cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, if you'd like to join us, phone lines will be wide open, 403 974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire, and we're here to answer all of your gardening questions uh, inside and out. Hopefully, we'll be able to help you out. And we're uh -huh. going to go to the phone lines right now. We got Audrey. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning. Uh, Hi there. How can we help you? Hi. Uh, regarding the beautiful red-colored hydrangeas that yes. have shown up in the grocery stores this last week. Yeah. Are they uh, transferable outside later? Um. You can, but they'll typically be done bloom. Those are more of an annual. They're not the hardy varieties that will survive here um, oh, okay. in the yard. Yeah. That's what so I you to. can, yeah, because when they're done blooming, you can keep deadheading. And then they, like, I've used them in centerpieces in some of my annual pots outside. Oh. But they seem to, they kind of lose that vibrancy. You have to make sure you keep feeding them like the 30 10 10 to keep that real bright colors up. Uh-huh, 30-10. And, yeah, though they're gorgeous, but, yeah, they're more of an annual-type plant that are for our area. Like, they're okay. more of an indoor Easter plant and things like that. So, but, well, uh, real... you, you, you... go ahead. The real um, outdoor hydrangea, uh, does it bloom every year? Absolutely. Oh. As long as you have it in the right spot, um, if you have a shade one, if you have a shadier area, you'd want to have a Annabelle hydrangea, and uh, those will bloom. Those big white pom poms, those are almost the biggest blooms, and mm. they get like a, like a, not quite as big as a basketball, a little I've bit smaller, it, like yeah. a volleyball sort of thing, a little bit smaller than a volleyball, but those ones will do great in sun or shade, and but oh. if you have full sun, you want like the quick fire or the limelights or or lots of the other ones. And uh, 
but in Stay Away, there's one called Forever Bloom or something like that, Ever Blooming, and it's kind of a pink, a bright pink, or blues. They don't survive here. Really? Like they're yeah. We can't. They're not quite hardy enough. I know they're. Um, I won't bring them in anymore, and uh, it's just because uh, they just don't bloom here. They're strictly an annual. So, yeah. but they're nice for a pot for the summertime. Like if you sure. want to put that little investment. But there's lots of great hydrangeas um, that will bloom all summer here, and just gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. So just in the springtime, we'll have a whole hydrangea sec- section, and uh, Terry out there will have it all set up nice and uh, gorgeous. And we're getting more and more varieties. Um, there's some really good growers here in Western Canada that have been going over to Europe and and getting the varieties from there. There's lots up in the mountains and the hills, and they're in the same climate zone as us. So oh. it's actually, yeah, it is. It's really neat. So they're they're getting some good varieties over here, and uh, and cultivating and propagating them and getting them into some um, systems into. Uh, where they're propagated enough to where we're able to sell them in our retail market now. So it's it's kind of interesting. But usually it takes about it's about five year cycle by the time they go over there, pull them, test them, put them into the ground here, see if they'll survive, and then get them into propagation form. So it it, it all takes a bit. But uh, they've been working on that for the last ten years, and we're getting lots of great varieties now. Oh, wonderful! Okay, yeah. thank you very much. All right, thank you Bye-bye. so much, Audrey. Take care. And uh, and Jen, that's the fun part, eh? Like when plants, when we start seeing things like that. Mm-hmm. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's unfortunate. Um, and again, this is why hopefully you go to one of our great independent garden centers here in Calgary, like Spruce It Up, or any of the other ones. There's lots of good ones here in Calgary. Um, support them because they are bringing in the ones that. Um, the plants that are good for our area, you're going to get the warranty, you're going to get mm-hmm. the knowledge and the advice um, with 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 the plants that you're buying. Because sometimes, you, yeah, it gets right? it's hard when I go to, and I'm not going to go against a Costco or something. But when they when they bring in gala apples or certain things, like right. those are never going to grow here, and they're selling stuff that just isn't hardy for our area. And, yeah, uh, it's so disappointing too, and it's. It's uh, yeah. You spend the time and the money. You want to make sure you have the best shot, right? Absolutely. And yeah. but the thing is, they're getting really nice. Like I said, they are getting great varieties now in the apples, pears, cherries. Like we're almost growing like real pears, like pretty close. We, mm-hmm. we can grow lots of great apples. The some of the new cherry varieties, like they're close. They're not the big sweet cherries, but right. they're, they're they're the same color. They're a little bit more tart. But the way I look at it, go if I'm growing some, I'm eating a cherry that was grown in Calgary. Yeah, you're doing okay. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, yeah. It's the best part of I'm our tree lot is walking through and <laughs> eating. Yeah, having a snack. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're we're gonna take a quick break. Can we get back? We'll go to Jane and Robin. I think they're still on the line. And when we return, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. We're here to answer any of your questions, and we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to pull up Jane. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. 
Beautiful day Hot. again. Thank you. Isn't it? Sun yeah. shining, blue sky, birds are out. Beautiful. That's right. Thank you. Um, Merle, I have a couple of questions here. Um, I hope the first one's just quick. I uh, forced some hyacinths. They are finished blooming. I've cut down the bloom. And do I, can I do anything with them? Can I put them in the garden in the spring? Will they do anything? Um, you, you could do that and then let them go through their dormant period. Um, or you could just leave them in the house, grow them on like a house plant, feed them with 15, 30, 15 at this time. Similar to like the amaryllis, a lot of the other bulbs. Grow them on for a few more weeks, feed them a couple times, and then kind of let them die off and dry out, and then and then store them in some darkness, cool, dark place for for eight, twelve weeks, or till next early spring, and then and then force them again that way if you'd like. Oh, you can do that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or if they're the hardy variety, depends what size and they are. If they're the hardy variety, if you want to keep it going, you could plant them outside in the in the garden in the spring as well. So just keep them growing in their water in their little water hyacinth pot. Yeah. Until yeah. such time. Thank you. Yeah. And okay. they might get a little bit if they're just in the water ones. That they, they might get a little bit. Um, uh, what's the word? Not great <laughs> looking. Yeah, because they just because there's just nothing left in the water, right? They just keep sucking up water. So you might even want to put them into a little pot of soil in the house, like a house plant, yeah. and then that way they can grow and develop and sustain that uh, the bulb and then recharge the bulb better. Because um, mm -hmm. typically, like you said, if they're staying in the water, they'll just there's just nothing there for them. Or just add fertilizer to the water. Um. Yeah, you just have to be really careful on that because you could burn them, so you've got very, very lightly. I see. I see. And 8 to 10 weeks, and then I put them in dark again? Yep. If yep. I want to force then, them, try to force them again. Yeah, you can definitely Thanks. do it that way, or you could try and put yeah. them outside. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a question about pruning. What is the time to prune? Um, I would like to be able to take a lot of the dead wood out of some of my larger trees. I've got an ash, and and I know elm season is past, willows, etc. But I want to discern where the dead wood is and where the live wood is. Do I have to wait till they're in leaf? Um, if if you, if you can tell where the dead wood is now, right? You want to remove that sort of as you sh that should be removed anytime. Like right now is a great time to be pruning. Um, you want to remove dead, damaged, or diseased plants or, or branching at this time, um, and that should be done. It, like it, you shouldn't leave the deadwood in the plant. So if there is deadwood, that should be removed, sort of as soon as possible, whatever, and and yeah, that should be get, done. It didn't get done last season, but um, some of the trees are big. I have to hire a pruner, a professional pruner, and I really don't want to have to pay for two trips out to the country. Yeah, no. So if you if you call Mark, he can come out, give you a quote, and he'll give you a good assessment of what needs to be done, and this get you on a good maintenance program. So it's not you're not doing it every year, and uh, it's sort of he likes to get customers into a cycle of every two to three years, and then that typically you, that gets your trees nice and healthy, and uh, and shape properly and continue to grow with good structure. Okay, but what is the best season to do that? I know he'll he'd do a quote, yeah. but yeah, I don't want right to do now it would be and he'll right tell now. you 
if they're those type of trees, as long as it's not birch and maple, those we'll prune in the summertime. Um, but right now is a great time before spring is a great time to prune your trees. So um, yeah, they'll heal up nicely. They won't waste all that energy in the spring trying to revive that old deadwood. It'll all go okay. to nice, good new growth. Um, so it's just, yeah, he'll be able to have a look at it. They'll, they'll tidy them up, shape them properly, remove the deadwood, and then let them grow nicely in the spring. And, and then you'll be good. Like I said, usually for two to three years, he likes to get you on a cycle where mm -hmm. they'll come back, get them cleaned out again, shape them again, remove any of the crisscrossing branches. And yeah, you don't want to be doing it twice a year. You, there's no need for that. We'll, yeah. we'll get you on yeah. a good cycle. Thank you. Okay, great. Have I got a question with a pair? Got yeah, actually, no, I'll put you on hold, and then if you if you want to wait till after the break, we'll be able to answer that for sure. Thank All you. All right, we got to take All a quick right. break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. <clears throat> sorry, on 770 CHQR. It's mainly sunny and minus five in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. The situation in Ukraine continues to deteriorate. That's from Global's Europe correspondent, Redmond Shannon, who says Russian forces have surrounded the strategically important port city of Mariupol. For the second day in a row, a proposed temporary ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine has failed. And those ceasefires were proposed in order to get civilians out of that city, which has no water, no power, and the food is running out, according to the city's mayor. Shannon says Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky continues to call for NATO to shut down its airspace over Ukraine, something NATO says is equivalent to going to war against the Russian Federation. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau departed for Europe this morning to meet with allies about the intensifying situation in Ukraine. Trudeau has meetings set for Monday in London with the Prime Ministers of Britain and the Netherlands. In the days to come, Trudeau is to meet with other leaders in Riga, Berlin and Warsaw. He's also due to meet with the Secretary General of NATO and with Canadian Armed Forces members during his trip. Here in Calgary, volunteers gathered at a church yesterday to raise money for relief efforts in Ukraine by making pierogies. Around 30 people gathered at Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary Ukrainian Catholic Church, assembling thousands of the filled dumplings. Christine Moisienko is the daughter of Ukrainian immigrants and the church's council president. She says for some, it was their first time getting together as a group since the pandemic started. It's just nice to be together, to hug each other. And, you know, it's our, sort of our first time doing anything since COVID started, right? This is our first togetherness like this. And so everybody's just so emotional and hugging each other and just supporting each other. And For more information on how to buy the pierogies, you can visit the church's website. A vigil is planned for this afternoon near the Six Sika Nation for a young mother who died under suspicious circumstances. Family members identified her as 34-year-old Marty Scalplock. RCMP say last Sunday, officers responded to reports of an unresponsive woman at a home on the Siksika Nation. When investigators arrived, they found her dead at the scene. Alberta RCMP Major Crimes Unit is investigating. A Siksika Nation counselor says a vigil will be held at 2 this afternoon in the hamlet of Clooney. The labor dispute strike at the University of Lethbridge is making some headway towards a settlement. 
The U of L Faculty Association announced mediated negotiations with the Board of Governors will start around March 14th. Faculty Association President Dan O'Donnell says their suggestions of mediators available for next week were turned down by the university, delaying negotiations further. A partial statement to Global News from the University of Lethbridge says the university welcomes an opportunity to mediate an agreement that respects the value of the faculty, honors the responsibilities to students, and protects the university's fundamental need for financial stability and long-term sustainability. The price for gas isn't the only thing hurting your pocketbook. Food inflation is also skyrocketing. According to Statistics Canada, in 2021, food prices increased by about 5.5%. Then in January of 22, that number jumped to 6.5%. Now experts predict it will grow to over 7% in the coming year. Sylvain Charlebois, a professor in food distribution and food policy at Dalhousie University, says the situation in Ukraine could make things worse. The agri-food world is is all interconnected, uh, and right now we're seeing it. Uh, when you look at markets, the uh, bushel of wheat uh, is well over ten dollars U.S. right now for the first time in fifteen years, and that's why Canada is not. It's certainly not immune to what's going on. Charlebois says, as feed for livestock becomes more expensive, prices on meat, dairy, and eggs will rise in turn. Taking a look at sports, the Toronto Raptors will begin the first of a six-game road trip tonight in Cleveland, taking on the Cavaliers. Toronto is coming off a pair of losses to two of the NBA's worst teams in the Detroit Pistons and Orlando Magic and have dropped six of their last nine games overall. OG Ananobi will miss tonight's game, still dealing with a fracture in his right ring finger, and Fred Van Vliet is listed as questionable for the game. Global News SkyTracker weather... Sun and cloud and zero today, increasing cloudiness overnight, dropping to a low of minus three. Flurries and two degrees tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud and minus eight on Tuesday. Similar conditions in sun and cloud and minus 11 for Wednesday. It's minus five at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. And we're going to go back to the phone, and we have Jane on the line. You had one more question there, Jane? Hello. Hello. Hi, Jane. Uh, I think she just has us on the radio there. So maybe we'll just put her on hold, and we'll try her back, and we'll go down to Lori. Good morning, Lori. Well, good morning, Merle. I'm calling because uh, I'm a beneficiary of a a bunch of plants that my friend gave me because she's moving away, and one of which is an orchid. And I sent you a photo. Yeah. And I've I've never had an orchid. I have no idea how to look after it, but I want to treat it well. So any advice Mm. on that? Uh, Jen's uh, pretty good on the old orchids. Want to give her some advice? (laughs) Um, orchids. Yeah, I do. Actually, I'm doing pretty well with mine. Um, lots of different schools of thought on how to water them. Uh, personally speaking, uh, are they in sphagnum moss? Do you know? Are they in a, like a bark or a moss? I th- I'm going to go look at it right now. I, th- I thought okay. it was in a soil, but I'll take a peek on it. Um, yeah. Um, so a- just, I water weekly, um, and I just I dunk it in water so that it's all sort of saturated. Ideally, too, the pot has lots of um, holes in it so that it's very porous and so they, they can dry out properly. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so uh, she's, uh, it is in like t- small wood chips. Yeah, perfect. And are they That's blooming okay. right now? No, no, they're not blooming. That's not blooming. Okay. The leaves. Yeah, look it's good in a it's in a terracotta one. pot. Oh, is it without without holes? Which is it? It seems to be. It looks very healthy. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, I, I think Don't, in terms of... Go ahead, Merle. No, this, unfortunately, Jen can't see the picture, but um, what I would maybe do is, because it, it's almost growing out of that pot, yeah. I would almost mm. tip the pot upside down, like dunk, take all the bark out, and they sort of let it... Like just dump the whole thing out, and then put a little bit back into the bottom, and then stick the orchid, straighten it up into the pot, and get some okay. of those roots down into the soil, and then just loosely pack in the bark mulch again, or the mm-hmm. all the bark chips, and then just to reset it because it's kind of hanging over, like it's oh, growing yeah? out of that spot. Yes, and and yeah, and and light wise, like um, my house is either little light or a lot of light. So right now I have it um, basically in a room that's south-west facing, but not in direct light. That sounds perfect. Is that good for it? Okay. Yeah, and, as long um, as the light's not on it. I think that sounds perfect. And someone told me about the ice cube method, which seems kind of silly, but is that a good <laughs> idea? A lot of people do it, and yes, it, a lot and of it people works. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it it, I don't think it's going to – it's not going to kill it. Um okay. Yeah, it's just a, it's a good way of not overwatering. If you have bark mulch or bark like you got, it it's it lets it soak in and get the bark wet is sort of what the method is. Because okay. um, if you just pour water through it, a lot of times it doesn't saturate it enough. So if gotcha. you just put the ice cubes in there, it slowly melts, um, saturates into the into the bark a lot better. But it it actually looks nice and healthy. You got good healthy roots hanging out all over the place. Awesome. Um, yeah, or you might even want to look at getting an orchid pot for it. And uh, depending when you pull that bark out, it, if it depends what shape it's in, if mm-hmm. it's all kind of looks like it's rotting, um, okay. you might want to look at getting some a uh, little bit of an orchid mix. And we have it in smaller bags as well, so you don't mm-hmm. need to buy like a big bale of it or anything like that. So, um, And we have some great orchid pots. And like Jen was saying, typically an orchid pot, has holes on the side because they need lots of air to grow. And that's why those roots are coming out the top because okay. it doesn't, because the roots it, like in the pot, it's sealed and they can't breathe. So it likes to breathe. So that's why it needs the airflow. So that's why all those roots are just shooting upwards and not like staying in the pot. Makes sense. I know my stepmom, she used to use the orchid pots and everything. And I think she didn't water it directly. I think she only sprayed it. But uh, yeah, some people do that too. Water in between because they're kind of they're typically they grow on branches, like in the jungle, like in the rainforest and different places. And sort of see how the leaves, like if they're propped up right, the water hits the leaf and and funnels in towards the center of the plant. So it's sort of like a bromeliad. A lot of these plants are designed to catch rainwater, and then the rainwater gets funneled into the center of the plant. Um, so you can do it that way, but you're not in a rainforest and you do have to control the water. So we, we can water them, uh, um, regularly. And then just a, a regular blooming fertilizer or, or we do have orchid food. You could use a 15, 30, 15, a 20, 20, 20, or an orchid food is great for those. Okay. Um, 
but like I said, it looks really healthy. I, I would probably recommend getting into a an orchid pot because, like I said, all those roots they they do need that air. Yeah. Um. Or or just like let it go the way it's going and let mm, it kind of just nice. keep hanging all over. Yeah. Yeah. It so nice. my last question, because I haven't watered it since I got it last Saturday, do you think it's a, a two or three ice cube day? <laughs> um, it looks. It still looks Good fairly question. moist. Like the like, I'm just looking at the picture. Yeah. And it, it's still the bark looks a little bit moist. Like stick your finger in there and see if it's still quite moist. No, nope, dry, um, dry, dry, dry. Okay. Yeah. Then I would probably do three ice cubes. Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Enjoy. Thank three there, so and then three in the mojito for yourself, and then. You're <laughs> now I like your thinking. Done. All right. Perfect. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lori. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny when you, it, when you get isn't that. Isn't it funny, though, Merle, too? And that's why I always tell people is there's, there's kind of guidelines, but there's never there's never a rule because there's always something that works different for somebody else. And, and that ice cube one, like, I don't do that, but I, I have lots of customers that have come in here and we've chatted with them and that's exactly what they do or they, you know, or they missed or they do this. It's, that, it's so. a bit of a control, th- a control. It's better. Like the ice cube thing, I know why it works. Is this, like I said, you get a small amount. It's yeah. able to saturate into the bark. Cause typically if you're, if your bark chips are, or your orchid bark, is dry, especially in Calgary, like it, the air is so dry. So, but it takes a lot for it to saturate into the into the bark itself. Right. So if yeah. you if you sit it underneath the tap, you you water it through. Really, you're just getting the perimeter of those of those bark moist, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it dries out right away. Yeah. But when you when you use the the ice cube, it's going to slowly just melt, nice and slow and saturate into the into the into the bark chip so that's why Mm -hmm. it works so well so absolutely all right let's see if okay what you got okay jane decided to uh she took off on us but that's okay (laughs) we're gonna go to robin good morning robin hey good morning how's everyone doing great unbelievable it's great the sun's shining birds are out Yeah, I'm Heading in the right a, direction. I'm watching a flock of red poles go uh, eat at my bird feeder. It's just Fun. gorgeous this morning. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I think some of your answers to Jane actually answered my questions, but I've got this narcissus bulb, um, and uh, I don't quite know what to do with it. We were, like, I'm a nurse, and we were... A lot of us were pulled into the intensive care unit to help out during some of the bad waves. And uh, AHS was very nice and bought us some bulbs. So Aww. I have this. Yeah, it's not nice. That's anyway, cool. um, it says on a lot of sites to plant them in the fall. Well, it's a little late for that or early, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. But can I put this thing in a pot and have it flower now, or do I leave it dormant? Yeah, you either just store it in a really cool, dark place until spring or until next fall, or mm-hmm. you can force it. Like, so by forcing it, you'll you'll stick it into like put it into a into a either a Tupperware container or something that's sealed, and maybe stick it in the back of the fridge um, for eight to ten weeks. So it it, it needs to get that vernalization, needs to get that coolness, mm-hmm. and then you can pull up. You can put it into pot at that time. And and plant it and uh, and and bloom it that way. 
or to stick it in a cool, dark place, make sure it stays nice and dry, put a note in your phone saying, hey, plant me in the fall. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you'll be calling idea. me next, Sprig. Oh, yeah, I forgot that paper bag, bro. That <laughs> what do put I in do the with corner. that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, I, I, and I would probably get a few more. Like, if you, if you do like it, um, enjoy, plant this one, put it in the fridge, like I said, for, that, for a couple months here, plant it and enjoy it. Or store it till fall, and the next fall, pick up a few more because they just look so much nicer when you plant them in a bit of a cluster. Okay. Mm -hmm. Depending on how many bulbs you got. Like, you sort of want to go at least five to seven because then when they do come up, you get a nice little patch of those. Okay, right on. All right, looking forward to next spring. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what you awesome. can do too, so to tell where a good spot to plant them, is when we get these warm, sunny days. Look for the spots where you're where the snow melts the first, and then just make a note of that. That's where you want to put your spring bulbs. Okay. And by spring bulbs, I mean the ones that plant in the fall. So, where to plant your fall bulbs oh, yeah. is where the snow melts first in the spring, because that's going to be the sunny, warm spot. And they still like that cool air, but they like the warmth. Okay. Um, so if you have them in the other spots, like a tulip, if it's in a spot that warms up later, like in May or June, um, typically they don't do as well because by that time, the rest of the air is too warm for them. They still like those cool nights for a lot of the bulbs. It keeps helps keeps them stiff and firm rather mm -hmm. than that sort of that real softness. Like if you see a tulip when it's too hot out, they just kind of look leggy and, and not mm -hmm. firm. But when happy. the tulip comes up early spring, it stands up at attention, looks beautiful. You get those bright colors, and uh, and it'll do great for you. Okay. And can I leave that in that place once I find it, or do I dig them Absolutely. back up? Okay. No, just leave it there and let it do its thing. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Have fun. All, All right. right. Will do. You guys have a great day. You too. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Appreciate Bye -bye. it. Bye-bye. All right. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open. You can call us at 403-974-8255. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Coverage Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And Jen is with me as well, and she's got you covered down in the greenhouse at Spruce It Up. For and sure. And, uh, yeah, we have... Uh, and you guys were doing, uh, it's always fun. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I'm amazed. I go, like, these girls actually work here. Like, everyone's having, like, you guys, I come in, I'm like, what's going on? But all the customers are getting looked after. You guys do doing TikTok videos in between. People are putting out stuff. Um, Kent's out plowing. Like, it's it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's always fun. So it's, uh, it's It it's is. Oh, I'm glad that you think that because we feel that way too. And actually, Merle, oh, there was a customer in yesterday and... She thanked us for our TikToks, and it just makes her smile. She was shopping, and I said, "Great, I'm going to tell my boss because um, I just want him to know we're working too." So I'm glad that I'm glad that you said that. That's oh awesome. no, it, you have to get used to it, right? Because sometimes um, when you I'm a, sometimes I'm a bit old school, and you think, "Okay, why is it everyone just shoveling, right? Yeah, fair. <laughs> sweeping, yeah, yeah, right? You know, so you have to understand that. Hey, business and changed, and all those things, the social media teams having fun." 
doing all this stuff. It's it's a blast, right? And I see the response, and it, it makes me smile and uh, and awesome. just uh, <laughs> it's funny. So, anyways, <laughs> it is funny. Lots we have of a fun. good time. Yeah, yeah, and we're still getting lots done. And the, like I said, the place has never looked better. And uh, I'd say we have the best team. It's it's been great. I thoroughly enjoy it. And uh, and I like I said before, I feel a little comfortable. So if I need to stay away a little bit, uh, I feel <laughs> I mean the spruce is in good hands with all you guys. So it's great. That's, we it's, do have a great team. Yeah, we're lucky. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a we have a couple of Janes on. The first Jane we're, we're going to go back. Jane was with us before that we lost her, so we're going to go to we're going to go to part two of Jane one. <laughs> okay. Sound like we're doing a sequel. <laughs> Hi, Jane. Okay, thanks. I'm Seamus, eh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, my question was about pear tree. Actually, I gave my husband a partridge in a pear tree for Christmas a couple oh, nice. of years ago. But, of course, I gave it to him in the fall. Um, anyway, it got hail in uh, two years ago, like this July, be two years. Took down the top, oh, was three feet, totally dead, so I cut it off. Is it yep. the same thing as the apple, like you're saying? It was grafted. There were three different varieties on the one tree. Yeah, so that one's a little bit different. Those are grafted on to the branches, which is Still, it's fine. You maybe lost one of the varieties. Depends which one got broken off. Yeah. If it went all the way back to the main stock. But if you just had to prune off the... um, So it's really important with your fruit trees, too, is when they're young, is to to make sure they're getting shaped properly. Prune them so they're not going inwards and things like that. So, um, So you should be totally fine. Um, just if there's any damage from the hail, just make sure you try to remove that as best you can. I did that. I've done that. So what I've got left now is mainly the main stock with some some lower branches on it. And yeah. um, do I just carry on hoping it'll it'll produce? I I had one pair yeah. on it when I bought it. Yep. Yeah. So just so what you want to do is again. Early spring here, water it really well when that when the ground thaws and you just start seeing it budding, and and when the days get warm, give it a couple of good really slow deep waterings. Start feeding it with the fifteen thirty fifteen, and that'll ensure that it'll get it blooming, start producing fruit, um, and your your pear tree will be one of the first things to bloom. Um, good. Hmm. Yeah, it's like it comes out early, bright white. And uh, so sometimes it's hard in Calgary because they bloom early. And then if we get a really heavy frost, sometimes it kills off the buds. So hopefully we don't get that. Last year we had a little bit, um, but I was still able to get 20 or 30 pairs on mine. Nice. So, yeah. So just ensure that it does have one leader going up, like eventually, like whatever you cut out the center. So what we want to do is eventually train one to be the main leader. And then the rest will be on the sides. Okay. Okay. If I get the guys pruning out here, I can talk to them about that. Yeah. Yeah. If you get Mark out there, he'll be able to look at that for you. Absolutely. And I just sent him a great uh, fruit pruning. uh, We always learn. We're always looking at different things, too. But uh, a friend of mine made a video on some pruning young fruit. So I shared it with some of the guys in the tree lot and the pruning team um, yesterday. Just uh, mm-hmm. it's always good to re- be reminded of different stages of trees and what they need. 
So um, a friend of mine, Murray, did a great video on it. So I, I shared it with the guys yesterday. So Nice. All righty. Is it is it counterproductive to maybe put a frost blanket over that if they're forecasting? Yeah, frost? it doesn't need it. It doesn't need a frost blanket or anything like no, that. No, but I mean, if they're if they're forecasting a, a hard frost. Oh, when it's bloomed, yeah. If it's blooming, yeah. you, you could definitely do that. If you're able to do that, for sure, that would help. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, because I've only right. got about three feet of the tree. Thank you. Yep. So just give Mark a shout. He'll come out and give you a, a quote on the other trees, and then we'll get that uh, uh, pear tree looked after as well. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to another Jane. Hi, Jane. <laughs> Hi. Good morning. Um, a question for you, Merle. Yeah. Is we're increasing our planters that we're building into, like, raised planters in the backyard. But we've got uh, patio stones, nice big two-and-a-half-inch ones, four inches of gravel, four inches of sand, or six or whatever. Yeah. What we'd like to do is just lift up some of those huge patio stones because they're kind of decorative. Yeah. And and just put our planters right on to the gravel, and then we would have probably two and a half feet above ground. Is that okay? I mean, isn't that just great drainage? No roots of tomatoes or anything are going to go that Yeah, deep. no, no, that would be totally fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it'll, it'll kind of break up the patio too a bit, which is which is done. And I've done that sometimes. I've gone into big concrete patios sometimes, and I've cut out sections of, of like, stamped concrete or something where there's just too much. And we've put a planter in the middle of the patio or the walkway just to help break it up. And then, like mm, you said, nice. it's typically good drainage in that. And it, you know, it how helps. How far down should we set the board? Should we be down maybe? Is two inches good enough? Below. And how high up are you going to go up? Oh, I don't know. Um, you want to like end up with, feet? if you're going to grow tomatoes and stuff, you want at least 18 to 24 inches oh, yeah, of soil. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that don't standing over very much anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so for sure. So you, if you go at least two feet of soil, you'll be totally fine. So you don't even need to go down at all. As long as you're going up, you'll be fine. Oh, best call ever. Cause <sighs> I've been and I'm like, hey. I'm going to phone Merle and Joanne and see what's going on. Second question is, um, real quick, I would just like the name of another Carl Forrester type grass. We've got a bunch of the Carl Forrester around. They're so beautiful. So easy maintenance, no hassle. Just think Carl Forrester, but looks different. What would that be, please? Huh. Jen, you're, you know those oh, better than me. Oh, Merle. <laughs> you're so bad. Um, you're the one who's... I'm going to actually... Off the top of my head, Merle, yeah. comes nothing. I'm so not in these modes right now. Um, are you doing well, a blank you, too? I'll tell you, Jane. Like in the spring, if you come down to the garden center, we'll, we have like probably about six to eight great varieties of of grass. Yeah, uh, yeah you do. That will yeah. grow. Um, one thing, if you want them tall like that, and I'm I'm the worst. I'm I'm really good at a lot of plants. The perennials and the lat names, I'm horrible at. I got to and I got to get into my my perennial um, brain as well. So I'll look up a couple and we'll say it after the break here, and sure, then we'll, we'll share that with you. Sorry about that. We're just, you know what? but we're that, honest. I'm not just gonna blab a bunch of stuff just to to blab. I do that enough. So. <laughs> we all do. So I, I'll mention one other thing. Uh, you were just talking about when to be getting your balls and stuff in. I'm not the best gardener, but I'm a productive gardener. 
And, I mean, every year, and again this year and last year, I forget to get my balls in. <clears throat> you know what? I'll be putting mine in today or maybe next week or the week after. And the same with all my sweet peas. And guess what? I mean, I don't maybe should not be promoting this, but everything comes up. Like I have yeah. tulips galore. That's and- great. No, if you have a good spot. Hey, Jane, sorry, we got to go. Um, we got to take a break for the news. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. We're taking a break on Let's Talk Gardening. It's mainly sunny and minus four in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. The UN says more than 1.5 million people have fled Ukraine since Russia invaded. Meanwhile, a Ukrainian official says a second attempt to evacuate civilians from Mariupol has failed due to continued Russian shelling. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is in Europe this week to meet with leaders to discuss Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He's also due to meet with the Secretary General of NATO and with Canadian Armed Forces members during his trip. And here in Calgary, people are expected to gather at City Hall this afternoon to show their support for Ukraine and call for an end to the war in the country. Sun and cloud and zero today. Increasing cloudiness overnight, dropping to a low of minus three. Flurries and two degrees tomorrow. It's minus four. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. And our good friend, Chris, just sent me, she has her book of all her plants, sent me some pictures of some grasses, Jen. Nice. And? With names on them, even. Oh, what? Okay. I know. (laughs) Munchkin Little Blue Stem, zone three to four, which is a great one. Some of the fountain grasses. And there's unhardy and there's hardy ones that mm-hmm. are fine, but those ones are great. The red switchgrass is a gorgeous one. Um, little bunny dwarf. So these are a little bit smaller, that one. One that's that sort of like the Carl Forrester. I, I like that one, the, the munchkin little blue stem. That one seems to be quite nice. Okay. And what else do we got here? Um, this is a good one. Blackhawk. Big sky, big blue stem. Some of these, I'm not sure if they're available though. But I, there's quite a few, and I know Terry um, has kind of dug in deep on some of the perennials, um, yeah. on some of the grasses this year. So mm-hmm. we're definitely gonna have a, we're gonna have a probably a 50% more expanded grass section. Just we see a demand on it, and and you noticed it last year in the perennial section. Just a lot more people looking for some different grasses. So. For um, sure. Yeah, and this other one's this one's nice. Hopefully, we can get this. It's uh, Miscantius. It's flame grass. Okay. Yep. Gorgeous. So there's nice. a few, and uh, so but definitely um, check us out in the spring, and we'll we'll gonna have lots in there for you. And I had a good text, and it was from Brian and Riva. They they call in and text quite often. He was wondering. He's redoing his garden. They're always doing something. <laughs> in a place uh, to the east of Calgary, it's called Belly Acres, and they uh, they're always got projects on the go. So what he's doing is redoing the beds, but they want to dig up these beds that have all the perennials in them, and then transplant them. So he's just asking, oh. can I save them? And absolutely, that's if you wait till early spring before they're growing like crazy, just so when everything just starts coming up, that's when you go in, dig out all the perennials, save them pop them into pots really quick um 
revitalize the soil and then you can transplant them back in there or if you want to move them at that point that's the time that you want to do that and uh and do it early spring and then when you transplant you can either use the mike's product which is a great one you can rub that all over the roots and it's a mycorrhiza it stimulates the roots and and generates those great white um hardy roots that get things going um you can use that or rage plus or 105210 one of those transplant ones when you when you do it ensure they water them really well after you transplant them and and make sure you continue to water them for the next few weeks just so they don't dry out because you've disturbed the roots you've pulled them up and so you got to make sure you you look after them a little bit at that point um, hey, hey, Merle, for the transplant fertilizer, how many times yep. do you just use it once or how often do you use that? No, I usually, I would do it once a week for the, for like three to four weeks in a row. Okay. Except for the mics, because that one you rub on the roots itself. It's a powdered, a granular, you sort of just rub it all over the root system, put a little bit in the soil. Okay. And then it's in there, but, but you can't use mics and any of the synthetic fertilizer. So if you use mics. You can't use the like a ten fifty two ten because some oh, of that stuff okay. will kill the Mike's product. So you, you you can't combine the two. Okay. So it's either either or. So, One or the other. Which is gotcha. yeah, it's always better to do that anyways. Mm-hmm. And I said, and if you have some Rage Plus already, um, that's always a great one as well. So love that. And if you'd like to join Jen and I, phone lines are wide open four zero three nine seven four. 8255 and we got some people uh, um, sending in some some thoughts on the grass as well which is which is pretty cool um, canary reed grass is a really good one where the moisture if there's moisture so that's a good hmm. one so I always like and if, you, if anybody else has any suggestions or or pictures that they did of planting the in the in last summer or, or the summer before or whenever there's some thoughts on grasses. Share them with us. Nice mm-hmm. thing with the with the Carl Forsters, you can also put them if you have some larger pots, like even like a like a big whiskey barrel or some of those, or big wide planters. You can plant them in, and typically they'll survive um, over the winter for you and come back in the spring. Nice. And and a lot of people with their grasses, um, depending where they're from and, and it depends what you're reading, they say to cut them back in the fall. I, I always say leave leave all your grass because it gives you some winter interest throughout the winter. And uh, so it's really important. I like to see then you get those nice dry, like the brown plumes, the golden plumes. They, they wave around in the wind all winter long, which is okay. nice because eight months of the year, unfortunately, we don't have leaves. So it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. isn't that sad when you put it that way? Well, yeah, but let's not get sad. But yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> but it's, it's it is you're right. The winter interest, I love that, and I love it with the birds too. I know Chris and I were talking about birds yesterday morning in the trees just outside our our planting yeah. station door, and um, you know they have a place to sit. And like that other caller, she has her bird feeder out there and just watching them. It's it's nice for interest for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another one. Good morning. I've saved the bulbs from my canna lily that was in the pond water basket. Can awesome. I start them now? And how do I do that? I do have a mini greenhouse for indoors. Should I use this? Um, it, it, they really don't need to be in a mini greenhouse inside. I, if you just want to p- put them into a like a two-gallon pot, into regular potting soil, um, 
right now is a great time. Put them in the brightest spot you got. And then really just treat them like a houseplant, and you'll be totally fine. Like they should do great. And and now is a good time because if you start them now, you're going to get some good size ones by the time you get into before you can plant them outside. And those you got to wait till first week in June before you plant your canna lilies outside because they take no frost. Right. So unfortunately, that's yeah. It's. May is a tough time for us because it it's it's <laughs> isn't it? Oh, some <laughs> days it's plus twenty twenty five, and and then that three days later, like even yeah. this week coming up, it's going to be uh-huh. plus six, plus five, and then on Wednesday or something, it's going down to like a high of minus fifteen, low of minus twenty, and the next day it's plus one. I see that. So, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not- so we have some. Calgary, um, we definitely we have our our venture. If you don't like it one day, just wait till the next. It'll change. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. so so true. I mean, it's laughable, but it's accurate. Yeah. You know. Again, yeah. if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm here with Jen Lemire. I'm going to do a couple of texts here. And I got one here. It says, Hi, Merle, Jen. I'm in Sundry, and I have a Mayday tree that has black knot. I've been battling since mm-hmm. I moved here in 2017. I just keep cutting the bad branches and hoping for the best. My question is, can the black knot migrate to other trees? This is a good question because right now, if you're out there looking at your maydays or your Schubert choke cherries, if you look on the branches and you see it looks like a, a burnt marshmallow on them or anything like that, that's the black knot that uh, that Terry's talking about that he has on. And he's just worried that they can spread to his spruce trees and a mandatory maple. They, they can't really do that, but it is an airborne spore that will spread to anything else that's in the prunus family. So any of the choke cherries, the native choke cherries, things like that. I'll be honest, Terry, if your tree has it that bad, I'd probably just uh, get out the chainsaw and then and, 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 and take it right down to the ground. And... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was my chainsaw. Oh, was my... okay. I didn't know that we were my... doing that today. Oh, oh, I had yeah. to come up with a few of those. Sound okay, effects. so the chainsaw. <laughs> we got sound effects. We got everything. We're not, just a, um, we're not a, just have, a two-bit radio show, right? We got sound effects. We got everything. This is I'm gonna I gotta practice. So when you use the <laughs> chainsaw to cut these off, I mean, do you have to be careful about how you dispose? Uh, no. Do you have to clean the chainsaw? Like, yeah, how does this that work? one. Yeah, but I would recommend that it's not like he has it pretty badly in there, so I would just take the whole tree down and and start Aww, something fresh. What a shame! Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Some of the native areas, um, the Schuberts and the Maydays. Um, and that, but they'll also spread it to all the other native choke cherries around. So it's it's really bad if you drive through. <coughs> excuse me, on five forty nine, if you're going into the backside in Okotoks, if you cross the train tracks and you're going in the backside, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of choke cherries all along the ravine that are sort of overhanging the road, and they're just so full of black knot. It's it's crazy. So I have seen a just, lot. Yeah, yeah. So there, it's an airborne spore that. That spreads quite rapidly in the spring. Birds also land on it. Then they go land on other trees. Oh, that makes sense. 
Yeah, and it's just if you if you got something that bad, if it's in there like that, it's just it's not worth the battle because the tree's never gonna win, and right. it's and it's it's just it's a it's an endless battle with it. So I would just probably take it out, start fresh, get something in there nice, and 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 then sundry you can grow lots of great trees in that. So get yourself a really nice like a gladiator crab or some other thing like that. And plant that, or or a nice pine tree. If you already got spruce, get a nice pine out there, a nice mountain pine, and uh, and then to start fresh. Because some of those you're just going to fight it, and then you end up just losing three or four years uh, of where you could have started fresh, and right. uh, and go from there. So, anyway, so that one, and actually, I think we have a caller. We'll see if she's on. We're going to see if Carolyn's on the line. Good morning, mm-hmm. Carolyn. Oh, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Um, I have a question. You were talking about your gorgeous camel lily that you had last summer. Yeah. And it, 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 um, attract, it was attracting the hummingbirds. And Absolutely. And I'm wondering, what variety, what's the name of the... The ones one that I had were the orange and the yellow. And I don't know the variety. They were the larger with the green leaves, um, the, one, the, the typical canna lily that we, we grow. Yeah, um, but it's more the color, Carolyn. It's the orange and the yellow that they really loved. Okay, and you said that the your uh, canna lily grew quite tall. How tall did it actually grow? It was probably, out of the pot, it was at least four feet. Four feet. And did you have to stake it, or does nope. it grow quite... No, nope, they're quite firm. They They hold themselves up pretty well. But the okay. key to a canna lily, too, is to make sure that you deadhead all the time. So when mm. the blooms just start fading, start wilting a bit, I yeah. always, and on each stem when they come out, there's typically two or three bloom sets. So one will bloom, so I'll cut that off, and there's usually one or two more in there. So it'll 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 continue to bloom off that same stem. And when they're all done, you can just squeeze in behind. You'll feel that there's nothing left in there, and then I take it right down to the bottom. But Deadheading is super important with the canna lilies. It just okay. will now, make, if, if I want to start that canna lily uh, in the house, can I start yeah. it in like a say a six inch pot or something, and then move I would it start out bigger. The planter later. Yeah, no, I would start it in a bigger pot if you could. Like I would, I would start at least in a ten or twelve inch pot. And then, and if you get a nursery, like a, it and transplant it into the larger deck plant, yeah. planters after that. Yeah, if you that? start in six inch, it's a little bit too small for it. Because you'd okay. only want to do it once. If you put it into a ten inch right now, it, it that's going to be big enough all the way till spring, and then you can put it into your planter outside or into the ground or or wherever you're planting it. Okay, so if I if I go to Nicholas Alexander there in Vernon yep. and I ask them for the canna lily, what what should I what for, like what uh, what's the name of the variety that I should ask? Just canna lily, and then just look for the color like orange or yellow, and there, the there, there, so there's no specific. yeah, and then there's there's a short and tall variety, and just ask for the taller one, and that's a great garden center there. They've really they've oh, yeah, I no, think those great. are new owners. Really they yeah, so yeah, yeah they garden center. They're doing really yeah, well. Yeah, they've. Uh, yeah, they've definitely uh, fixed it up from what it was before, so it's great. Oh to yeah, see. no, it's great. Yeah. All right. Okay, that's good. I'll give that a try and see see what happens. <laughs> yeah. No, you should have good luck with that, and especially where you are out in Vernon, you're going to get that good heat, and you'll you're probably your plant. Make sure you get into a big planter. You're probably going to see six feet high. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be nice. Um, and does it, it needs the full sun then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice bright sun. It wouldn't sun. be too hot then in the full sun here. No, 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 they love them. 
Like if you go through downtown Kelowna and that, they use them in a lot of the city planters and things like that. And like down there, sometimes I've seen them like six, seven feet tall. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, that would be fun. Okay, well, thanks, Mark. You have a good day. And you too, Jen. You as well. Thank you. Bye. And okay, enjoy, because you said hopefully you'll get lots of hummingbirds and stuff as well. So. Oh, yeah, well, we get lots anyway. I mean, sometimes I've got Aww. six or eight of them running around the, the, million, the million bells, right? So yeah. they, they, we got lots of hummingbirds here. Awesome. Oh, lucky. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's great. Okay, I'll let Perfect. you guys go. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And then, and the other nice thing with the canna lily, it's also a great foliage plant. So, oh, um, sure. not only yeah. do you get the the great blooms on them, but it also fills those pots with those nice big um, foliage leaves and things like that. It gives you that tropical feel, like you're a bit on vacation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're not a just like a plant. Yeah. yeah, love them. So love we're, them. we're yeah, <laughs> we're fans. Absolutely. Two thumbs up. Absolutely. All right. We got to take another break. It just is flying by here. And we're going to take our last break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire, and we're going to go right to the phone lines. We have a couple callers. We're going to go to Donna. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. How is everyone today? Awesome. Awesome. Good. Awesome. Good. How can we help you? <laughs> I am a second seasonal gardener. Had great success last year listening to your show. And I bought a um, bleeding heart plant. How do we yep. take care of it this year? Jen? <laughs> you, you bought a bleeding heart plant. You, did you bring it in and you're putting it back out? or No, it's been outside all winter. Oh, so do you live here in Calgary? Yes. Mm-hmm. And did you put it in the ground? No, it's in a, oh, actually, it's in a, it's in a pot about 14 inches. Okay, I'm thinking of fuchsia also, bleeding hearts. I have to get into that mode again. So okay. <laughs> in, in the pot, generally... Um, and in, in yep. is the pot in the ground or is it above ground? It's above ground. Yeah, Merle, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say it probably wouldn't have survived. It might survive. Oh. Was it? Is it out in? Is it in the shade or is it in the full sun sitting out it's there? The, yeah, it's in the full sun. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's, the soil has probably been dried and desiccated over the winter. Oh. Um, typically, those need to be planted in the ground, and those Fire, are more of a yeah. shade, cooler spot. Right. Um, yeah. So what you can try to do is 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 take it a nice day like this today, pile a whole bunch of snow over top of it, and okay. then put it into a shady spot. All right. Into your into your yard. And then yeah. and even water it like today. Like if it feels like it's thawed out or dry, like the soil's really dry. Right. Just, just or yeah, probably just put snow over it. Just put a bunch of snow over it. Oh, well, and I then just you, stick it I in the, Sorry. I said then I just put it in the Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Put it in the no, shade. I, yeah, and then just leave it, and then just keep, just keep it covered with snow or something until um, early May, and right. then bring it out into a little bit of a sunnier spot and see if something starts coming up. If it get, mm-hmm. if you see some green come up, find a spot in your garden that's not full sun, right. um, partial shade. And then you can and plant it in there. It's a perennial okay. that needs to get planted. And, okay. Uh, 
all right, well, I thought I'd be romantic last year by bleeding heart and put my partner's <laughs> ashes in it. Oh, <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah, it's just because of our Chinooks that they need to stay frozen, and our Chinooks tend yeah. to thaw everything out. So, yeah, um, oh. yeah hopefully. Hope, you, always hope, right? I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah. Keep no, please posted. do. Yeah, because okay. I've seen um, plants like a lot of succulents and sedums and certain things can survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just get into a shady spot, get some packed the snow over top of it, like put about six inches of snow over it, so it'll slowly melt and it'll get watered back into there. Try and may hopefully it'll rehydrate that bulb in there. Hopefully, and we'll, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Double double planting, no pun intended. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Take care. Have a great Thank day, you. guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, we're gonna go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Yeah. Good morning, Merle. I uh, bought. Uh, Used a fresh lemon last week, and I kept the seeds, and I got them in water sitting. I was wondering, I was just going to have some fun and try plant them in a little planter in a yeah. house here in a pot. How do I? What should I do? So, what if you have them sitting there? <clears throat> so, I would just put them on. Uh, you got to peel them. So, let, leave them out for three or four days first, and let them dry out. Okay. Um, and like just put them on a windowsill or something. Yeah. For like I said, three or four days, let them dry out. And then at that point, you kind of want to peel them. So you'll split them open, and you'll take off the outer crust. Oh, okay. Sort of like a peanut. And okay. then the seed is actually inside there. Oh, I see. Okay. So at that point, you can either get them going like in a wet tape paper towel. I put mine right into soil and kept them moist. Yeah. And then they germinated in there and then go from there. I did, and I, I had pretty good success. I think I had mm-hmm. like 80%. Success rate. So yeah, I've, I've been listening to you. I listen to you every Sunday, and I always hear you about your lemon plant. How good it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I, good I, for you. I, I, my dilemma with my lemon. <laughs> my dilemma. What There's kind of potting soil? Because I got some potting soil. Just, just a potting a, soil. A, just a good quality. Yeah, just a good indoor potting soil. And how um, deep? Not. Um, that one you just want to probably a half inch at the most. And how would I space and put them in a group in a circle or what? No, you want to go at least a couple inches apart because then once they germinate, you're going to pull them up. Like when they get a couple inches high, two or three inches high, at that point you'll probably transplant them into their own individual pot. Oh, I see. Okay. And so if I had a, a pot, I got some pots. If it pot was uh, about six inches diameter, just idea, uh, how many seeds would I be used in that? I would use three in there. Three. That's what I meant. And just yep. put them about half inch apart, you said. Yep. Or about yeah, two inches in the apart, Yeah, and just cover it with, uh, like, saran wrap. Like, fill the pot about three-quarters full, a little bit more. And then when you water it really well, and then just cover it with saran wrap. Okay. Or another thing you can use are even some of those old clamshells that you get from the, your strawberries yeah. or blueberries or yeah. whatever. Um, those work good for germinating seeds as well. So three-quarters full of dirt and then uh, keep the soil moist? Yep. And then cover it with that, and then that way you don't have to water it all the time. And and it and it, it shouldn't take too long to germinate. Okay, a and weeks then you should start seeing something in the sunny window, kind of thing. Absolutely. Okay, well I'll let you go and. You know, <laughs> <there. laughs> all right. Okay. Thanks so much, Dale. Good You're luck. Welcome. Bye. All right. Take care, bud. All right. Thanks, Jen, for for Thank hanging you. in with me today. It was good. Um, was good. Lots of uh, lots of uh, chat about some gardening and. Jen and I and the team will be gardening on right here next week on 770 CHQR.
It's mainly sunny and minus four in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Local officials are warning of further civilian casualties as Russia's invasion of Ukraine continues. The Russian military has also warned Ukraine's neighboring countries against hosting its warplanes, saying Moscow may consider them a part of the conflict if Ukrainian aircraft fly combat missions from their territory. Russian Defense Minister Spokesman Igor Konashenkov says some Ukrainian combat planes had redeployed to Romania and other Ukraine neighbors he didn't identify. Konashenkov warned if those warplanes attack